Welcome to Teamwork, a better way. The podcast filled with stories, experiences, and insights from leading high-performing team experts. Here are your hosts, Spencer Horn and Christian Napier. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the Teamwork, a better way podcast. I'm Christian Napier, joined as always by, well, the gentle giant, the <laughs> the the man of undisputed wisdom, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? Oh, Christian, you're making me blush, man. See, my eyes all red because of, I'm, I'm, it looks like I've been crying because you're so kind to me. I am good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. The sun is out. It's a beautiful day here in the state of Utah. And gosh, we don't really have too much to catch up on, I don't think. Although I, I unfortunately missed our National Speakers Association Mount West chapter meeting last night because... I had work commitments that stretched much longer than I than I thought. So I'm sorry I didn't see you yesterday, but very happy to see you today. Yeah, I know you're you're working hard on on bringing the Olympic Games to our fair city here in Salt Lake City. But we had a we had a great meeting last night. Bill Backrack, who our guest will know, and uh, he's up there skiing in, in Deer Valley today in the, that beautiful sunshine with all that fresh snow. I wish I was up there with him. Well, no doubt, it, because it is a fantastic day. Well, you mentioned our guest, uh, and that's the reason we're having this special episode, because we have such a super special guest joining us today. So, Spencer, why don't you introduce him? Thank you. Yes, today we have with us uh, Corey Perlman, and he is a, a best-selling author, top-rated speaker, uh, and he delivers customized interactive digital marketing keynotes and, and workshops. And his, his expertise, his focus as a, a speaker and, and by profession is digital marketing. And he's a, a speaker and consultant, as I said, nationally recognized as a social media expert. And he's written multiple books. And his latest book, Authentically Social, just dropped today. And it talks about breakthrough by, by being you. And so we're going to talk about that. And how it applies to team performance. I'm really excited about his take on, even though the book is focused on social media, there is such a crossover to what we talk about all, all the time. So he has spoken for major brands like General Motors, the PGA Tour, Cisco Foods, and you know he's really talked about how to drive business through uh, through social media. And we're going to talk about how to retain you know your best people through those same principles. And, you know, he has a company called Social Impact. He employs a team of highly skilled digital specialists that manage the social media accounts for over 40 businesses. And, you know, when he's when he's not working, he loves singing one of my favorite singers, Jimmy Buffett. Lullabies. He sings Jimmy Buffett lullabies. I, I, I got to hear that, Corey, <laughs> uh, to his young son who just turned... 10 on my birthday we both have the same birthday which is so cool and and just trying to uh overtake his adolescent daughter for the most instagram followers that's a story to to hear but uh let me let me bring him up here Corey. welcome good to have you thank you thank you spencer thank you christian thanks for having me so so good to have you and and you and i met recently at a, a national speakers association conference where i I really got to see you in action and um, incredibly impressed with with who you are as a leader, as an individual, 
the insights that you had for some of the the best speakers in the world you were you know coaching them and helping them and uh and so we talked about having you come on the show because i i I know that your insights and perspective will be hugely valuable and at the same time i want people to to get to know you and also your uh your book so thank you well thank you thank yeah i enjoyed getting to know you as well and you are our um our 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 fearless facilitator uh, during our time together, and you did an amazing job, and uh, you prepared, and and uh, so beyond all the other attributes you have, you can add facilitator, uh, mastermind facilitator to your list as as truly <laughs> exceptional. So well, thank you, and and I know you've done that in the past, so I really appreciated your support to make my job easier. And and uh, Brittany, hi, Brittany Catania, great great individual. She's uh, listening to us today. So glad to have you listening. Um. You know, this book that you've written, Authentically Social, Breakthrough by by Being You, I, you know, Christian and I have talked about this this topic of authenticity, and I'll, I'll bring in some of my ideas as we go and hopefully bounce those around. But one of the things that you talk about in your book, and so I'm, I'm looking down here at this, social media has, has changed how, how we do business, right? And well, instead of me talking about it, why don't you just just introduce how how has social media changed how how we market, and and then I want to ask you some questions about how that how that relates to just leadership and team performance. Sure, um, yeah. As you said in the intro, I've 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 been in the business of social media marketing for over a decade, and and pretty much since a lot of the major platforms initially came out, most of us remember MySpace as being the first one, um, those of us old enough to remember that. Uh, but then after that, Facebook and LinkedIn and then, you know, some of the other ones that have come and gone and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and Twitter and all those fun stuff. Now X. Um, and what I've noticed is in the beginning, they, they were used the way they were intended for social purposes, um, to connect with each other, to share messages with each other, um, to help each other, to support each other and that. And then over time, you know, businesses and professionals got involved and, and, and so did, you know, the, the social media platforms themselves and trying to make money and such. And they just became a different place. They became a place of promotion and, and spam and salesy and, and all the things that we really were hoping to avoid by being there. And so I think the pendulum just swung from it being a social platform to being a salesy platform. And so, you know, my goal with this book is to help all of us get back to what they were really originally intended to do, especially in the business world, is not necessarily to sell somebody, but to connect with somebody, to um, to build relationships, to connect with each other, to support each other, to add value, um, and just be a resource for people. And the business can come from that, as both of you know. Uh, it could be a byproduct of doing those things the right way. So I'm trying to help the pendulum switch back from being um, an authentic social place all the way over to a salesy spammy place. And let's bring it back to what it was intended. So I, I love that. And, and you talk about in the introduction, just the importance of genuine human connection. And what is it that's so powerful about genuine human connection? It, it's, um, it's what, it's what makes the world go around. Um, it's, you know, oftentimes how business is done. Um, you know, you think about, you know, your 
services that you choose to partake in, the products that you buy, oftentimes it's the people behind the products, it's the people behind the services are the reasons that we do them. You think about our dentists, our mortgage brokers, our real estate agents, um, our restaurants that we go to. A lot of it is the people behind those, those businesses. And so um, that shouldn't change with social. Uh, so when you see a brand out there, oftentimes all you see is the corporate structure or the products or the articles or all the things like that. And it's not about that. It's about the people. So I think that's really, you know, what I help and I try to help my, my friends and colleagues and, and businesses achieve. And I think the other thing, Spencer, is just, you know, um, we often get caught up in vanity metrics when it comes to social. How many followers, how many connections, how many likes, how many comments? And, and those are important. I mean, they have a place. But at the end of the day, do those result in new business? And I think part of it they do, but part of it is how much we are connecting with those individuals uh, on our platforms. How much are we adding value? How much are we serving them? And what I've noticed over a decade of doing this is when we work on serving the people that we are connected with the best, the more conversions we get to business. So it's not about quantity, it's about quality. I really like this uh, approach because if I hear what you're saying uh, for the past, I don't know, however many years, uh, uh, what we have tried to do as individuals or as business owners uh, or leaders is we've tried to make sense of the algorithm, right? And, uh, and, you know, try to take advantage of that algorithm to achieve our own outcomes. Uh, but if, if what I'm hearing what you're saying is, well, actually the algorithm was not designed for me. It was designed for the company that produces the algorithm. And so what you're saying is don't pay too much attention to what the algorithm tells you you should pay attention to, which is the likes and the comments and the followers and so on and so forth. But take advantage of these platforms to build authentic connection. I, I love this idea. How did you arrive at this? Uh, how did you arrive at this place right now? Honestly, just um, watching the results of our clients, you know, just over the years, um, the vanity metrics just didn't move the needle. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm not discounting them altogether. I just think them alone um, weren't good enough for our clients. They wanted to see um, butts and seats, as we like to say, or people in chairs or whatever the product or service that you're offering. And I think that, um, you know, those, those, those metrics play a part, but they're not the end all be all. So, um, you know, going back to your question about the algorithm. Yeah. I mean, the algorithm definitely serves the platforms. They are all in business to make money and to compete against each other. So they are going to work hard to put the content out there that they deem most appropriate to their audience. But that does um, correlate to what we should be posting. I do suggest to your listeners and in my book and everyone I talk to that we listen very carefully to what the algorithms want, because the more we do that, the, the more chance we get of our message getting across to our audience. The good news is they want to know what's resonating with people. 
And so you should not be surprised, say on LinkedIn, when you post an article or a white paper um, that you get one or two likes because the algorithm doesn't like that. The same token, if you post a picture of, you know, you and Spencer about to go out on a podcast and you say, you know, this is the highlight of our day is, is, is communicating, connecting with our audience and sharing value with the world. Let's go, buddy. High five. You're going to get more comments and engagement with that because the algorithm knows that they want to see people. They want to see connection. They want to see, you know, the real you, not, you know, articles and papers and things of that nature. Hopefully that makes sense. Well, and, and that speaks to what you're talking about is is generating uh, trust with with your audience because they are feeling that they're connecting with you at, at, a, at a deeper level and not just, you know, a, a party line or a marketing slogan or, or something that, that, that you're giving them. And so you say in an era where trust is paramount, the digital landscape is overflowing with noise authenticity as has emerged as the secret ingredient that sets exceptional businesses apart from the rest. And what I, what I want to know is what has changed to make trust so such a, 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 a important commodity. It's it's paramount, but why is it so rare? Yeah. The best way I can describe that to you, Spencer, is a, is a quick story of, of a CEO and a, a friend of mine that we helped many years ago. And he wanted to build his brand on LinkedIn and he worked for, you know, he works for a corporation. And so he gave us these guardrails, these parameters when he was um, asking us to help him build his personal brand. He wanted it to be professional. And so what we did is we did what he asked us to do, which was keep him very professional, very buttoned up, very corporate. You can imagine how that did, not very well. And he was struggling with engagement and, and everything he was hoping to get on social media. And he came back to us and he said, what is wrong? What are we doing wrong? We said, you're not being you. You know, that's not what people want. Even though it's LinkedIn, it's still a social media platform. First word is social. People aren't there to be buttoned up and, and, and learn about business as if they're in a corporate sales meeting. You know, they're there to take a break, to navigate social, to, you know, to, to take a moment. And so you got to meet them where they are. And so we said to him, hey, we need you to loosen up a bit. We need to, we don't have to go to a point where you feel uncomfortable, but we need to show a couple of layers of the onion beyond just the corporate veil. And so he let us do that. And the first post that we did for him was related to his organization, but it talked about his daughters and the importance of what the organization that he worked for has had an impact on his his daughters. And he shared just his pride um, how and how those two came together. And it blew the algorithm away. He had more likes, comments, and shares than he'd ever had in previous six months. Well, why is that? Because people want to know personal stories. They want to know connection. They want to know everything we've been talking about so far. And so I think the answer to your question is um, we lost trust when we started putting a persona up on social media. And so we got to get back to being who we are, all the different layers. You're a skier. Um, you know, you've all, you, you know, sharing things about your passion about skiing is what we want to know about. Um, we want to know about all these different areas of, of your life and your digital story and how that relates back to us. 
And, and that's where trust and leadership comes into play. And that's how it works on social. I, 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 I love that. And I feel like that this is a great opportunity to, to, to segue into this, you know, teamwork theme. And, and, you know, I, I feel like where, where we've lost trust in social media, where have we lost trust and authenticity and leadership? I mean, I feel like so often I, well, I hear people say, Corey and, and Christian, they say, you know, I separate my personal and my business life all the time. I mean, I, you know, I'm one, I behave one way at work and one way at home. And, and to me, that's confusing. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you can uh, certainly adapt. And that's, you know, when I'll talk about, you know, my, my focus of what I call flexible authenticity, but what happens a lot of times is that we, we put on this persona at work that may not be who we really are. And I want to know how you think that impacts team performance. And specifically, you know, you mentioned when we stop looking at our our social media as a sales tool and start looking at it as a relationship tool, that's when the results happen. And so I want you to share the leadership application of that, if you will. Yeah, and and how it, it impacts teams, which you mentioned too, which is so important. Yeah. I think about you know a couple of clients that we've had in the past, and you know they um, we find out you know months or years into working with them that they they host you know social events for their team, or they go on community service outings um, with their with their team, or they support local businesses in their community, um, or they really care about mental health. And um, and giving back to their employees with their you know uh, well being and, and such and we said where is that on social media and they're like well why would we post that it has nothing to do with business gosh it has everything to do with business it has everything to do with who you are and frankly it's what people want to know and to for the leaders that are listening to this you know if you're thinking about hiring in the next few months few years and you want good quality people to attract, show that stuff on social. Um, Your white papers and articles and quotes and and all those things, they got a place, but that's not gonna attract talent. Uh, What's gonna attract talent is your culture, uh, your values, what you stand for. And to be able to show that on social is is extremely powerful. So a good leader uh, knows the importance of having good values and a good culture within their company. And having a good social media presence means amplifying that to the rest of the world so they see it as well. I love that. I have a, a friend that uh, owns a software company and he does a lot of that uh, posting. They have these quarterly uh, retreats and and these after hours, social activities and things uh, up in Park City. That's where they're based. And and it creates, I think, this positive feedback loop in the team because they're not only are they doing these things and having a good time, but then when it's when he puts something on LinkedIn or it's one of the team members put something on LinkedIn, then the un- other team members are coming in and commenting and reinforcing the message that you know how much fun they had you know doing this this charitable activity or how much they enjoyed uh, zip lining or whatever it was that they were doing and so 
you get this mechanism that just kind of reinforces the fact that, you know what, we have a great culture here. So I really, really, I really, really like this, this idea. Now, one of the challenges with it is leaders often are very busy people and they look at social media as just another time suck. You know, it's like, shoot, you know, I, I got to go put this thing up. And so how do you overcome, you know, aside from outsourcing it to another organization like yours, you know, for example, but how do you overcome the, the hesitation uh, from leaders to put in the time, you know, to mm-hmm. do what you're, what you're suggesting they do, because they're like, Hey, I, I, I only have so many hours a day and I, you know, I, and I can't remember to put this thing up on social cause you know, we do this thing and then I'm off to the next thing. And I, it's just not a priority for me. So how do you, how do you get them to kind of overcome that, that, that challenge of, I, I have too much to do and I just don't have time to do this social media stuff. Well, the first thing I can do is validate that, that, that concern. I mean, it is truth. And, um, and, and there's no getting around that, it, that being more authentic on social uh, takes time. And phoning it in certainly is the shorter, quicker path. Um, so I got nothing but truth for you on that, that that's just the way it is. Um, but that being said, I would say some of the ways to overcome that challenge or those challenges are, you know, definitely to get help. You know, I think that I had to learn early on that I wasn't going to be on all profiles all the time. It not only was it not good for my use of time, but it also wasn't good for my mental health, candidly. So I employ obviously a team that helps me, but even if I didn't, I would have people around me to to support me. And so my job as the leader, at least in my organization, is to be the content creator. So I'm thinking up ideas, I'm writing, I'm shooting some videos, um, but their job is to get it out there. All the nuances, all the hashtags, the consistent posting, the, the right form and, and, and font and size and all that stuff is not my expertise and not what I need to be dealing with. So my suggestion to the, the folks that are listening and watching is, is to let the experts be the experts. And um, even if you don't outsource, you know, find some folks within your company or maybe even family members or whatever to to support you and, and help you if, if it's not your, you're not your cup of tea or not your strength. Um, and then the, as I mentioned, the, the few things that we should be doing as leaders and not outsource or let go of is, you know, being the expert and, and giving away the ideas and the content for our team. And also to, to navigate LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is probably a platform that a lot of your listeners spend a lot of time on and, you know, commenting on other people's stuff, um, you know, sharing, um, you know, connecting with, with uh, decision makers in your sphere of influence are all high value um, activities that we as leaders should be doing. Um, but I think creating the content day in and day out can be outsourced as long as you are a part of it and that you have your eye, you know, on it so that it doesn't go too far astray from who you are. One of the things that you you talk about in in the book that I, I think is is very appropriate for you know team performance is you know be your uh, authentic self and you know be be yourself because 
everyone else is is taken. And you actually give a, a a list of character traits that you know your your readers can look at and say, I identify as these. I, is there ever a, a time, Corey, when being yourself is actually the wrong thing? Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, you can certainly overdo it. I think you can certainly, um, uh, you know, uh, the, well, let's, let's look at it like this, Spencer. There, there's, there's some common don'ts um, when it comes to being yourself on social. One is don't polarize, your, polarize yourself too much, meaning, you know, we, we're coming up on political season, you know, unless you want to, um, you know, frustrate or annoy half of your audience, uh, posting about politics is probably not a good idea. Um, and there are other categories of that kind of thing that, you know, we tend to want to maybe steer away from anything that, you know, is going to make someone um, avoid working with you, you know, may not be the best to post about. So when it comes to not being yourself, as you mentioned, maybe not all layers of yourself, some of that stuff does deserve to stay private. And, um, and that's totally fine to keep off of social. Um, and some people have their own rules. You know, when you go out of town, I don't like to take pictures uh, on vacations, Corey. I don't want to show that to the world. That's okay. None of these are steadfast rules. You don't have to do that. Um, if you don't want to, you know, uh, show your family, you don't have to show your family. Um, that's not a necessity to social. So I think to know that um, I don't mean that you have to put all parts of yourself on social um, is good to know that, uh, but still just look at it as a, as a pendulum or as a spectrum. And if you're like not doing anything and you're just completely corporate right now and, and kind of phoning it in, maybe moving a little bit more to the center of showing a little bit more of your digital story, your personality uh, will go a long way with engagement. That makes sense, Spencer. It, it does. And I, and I think that, that's all great advice. I, I want to maybe challenge you a little bit more uh, to, to dig a little deeper in the sense that what if my authentic self is crappy? Hmm. What if what if my authentic self is just a jackass and, and I don't resonate with a lot of people? Does it make sense for me to go to etiquette school or, you know, learn how? How to how to connect and be real and is that in any way inauthentic? If I'm learning to adapt and to adjust, I mean, that's that's kind of what I mean by flexible authenticity. What if my authentic self is is repugnant and repelling? Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, we're not all all things to all people, too. Remember that. So, what might be repugnant or uh, you know unattractive, or whatever the word you're looking for, to one audience might be just what the other audience needs. I have somebody in mind, of course, I won't name names that, you know, puts off a lot of people. Um, they're, they're brash, they're aggressive, they, um, they have no filter and they piss off a lot of people, um, but they're highly successful and they have no qualms about it. And, and that, that's how they are on social and it works for them. I think from what I can see, they're doing just fine. And so, um, you know, there's a there's something to be said for being yourself um, and showing up that way and not worrying about if if you're going to piss off some people along the way. 
Um, I don't think anyone that's listening thinks that they don't have an audience, even if they are themselves. If they do, you know, that might be a topic for a different discussion, Spencer. Well, it actually, uh, what you just said there at the end, uh, I think is, is interesting because there, I mean, if you look at the landscape of LinkedIn, for example, it's a very, very small percentage of people who actually post something, right? Uh, sure. You know, there are a lot of people who sign up for accounts that never do anything. There, there are a certain percentage of people who go on there and they peruse, uh, uh, you know, that they view stuff. They don't contribute. Maybe they will like, maybe they will comment. And then there's this small percentage of people who post. And I think for a lot of people, they just feel like I don't have anything relevant to say. I'm not an interesting person. You know, uh, I don't feel like I have anything meaningfully to contribute here. So, you know, as a person who, who has been in this space a long time and has seen the impact that uh, participating in social media could potentially have on an individual and their organization. You know, what do you say to people who think, well, I'm nobody special and I don't have anything particularly unique to say? I, I would say the same thing, you know, I would have said to the Spencer's question, which I think both of those things are what I call head trash. I think that people, you know, if they think they're uninteresting or that they're, um, you know, even worse, you know, um, uh, don't have a personality that meshes with people online. That, that sounds like a lot of head trash to me. I personally have not met a lot of those people. You know, I think everyone's got something to say and um, value to provide. You know, I think if anything, the people that annoy or frustrate audiences on social are really the ones that um, are too high and mighty to, to remind themselves that the stuff that they're putting out there is just, just self-serving. You know, I mean, I think that's the problem. It's the lack of self-awareness on social that's doing you more harm than good. The people who you're talking about who are weary of being out there are actually the ones who should be out there because they're thinking about, is this relevant? Is this something that people care about? And I want to say, yes, post away, like go do it versus the people who are posting every single day. Don't give a hoot what they're posting about and, um, probably aren't getting anything anyway. If anything, they're, they're disconnecting more than they're connecting with their audience. So I think that's a little bit of head trash, Christian, candidly. Um, I know some, some leaders out there who have very boring businesses. And I mean that in the most kind way I possibly can, but they are boring businesses, but they're not boring people. And what they don't realize is some of those ideas and knowledge that they have in their brain is very valuable to those of us that don't know about it. You know, you think about insurance, no offense to insurance people out there, but to a lot of people, that's not the most sexy topic in the world, okay? But there's a lot of information within the world of insurance that you and I need to know about. I could use a guide out there helping me along the journey with my different insurance needs. And if you're supporting me along the way, you'd be surprised at how engaged I'd be. Even if you think in your mind that that is not an interesting or sexy topic. Corey, one of your uh, principles is the algorithms favor the bold. And 
you know, we were, we were talking about uh, abrasive and, and uh, this is not, I'm not tying this to the, the name I'm going to mention, but we had Bill Backrack last night. And one of the things he's, he's very proud and unabashed about is speaking the truth. And so he would say to the audience, listen, I'm probably going to piss some of you off. And, you know, why are you even here at this meeting? Because most of you, you know, aren't going to implement what I, what I share with you. And, and really the biggest thing that you can do is implement what, what you already know and do. And, mm-hmm. and it, it and be, but because he did that, I mean, that's just his personality. He endeared himself mm-hmm. to the audience and there were, and people were laughing. Now you just pissed me off. And, you know, it was sarcasm and funny and, but it, but it gave him the, the, the right to, to just, be him, which is, listen, I tell you the truth and you're not always going to like that. And, and it was very well received and he did such a great job and, and, you know, but, but that's kind of what you're talking about is, is, is be bold. You know, sometimes a little shock factor is, is, is healthy as a leader and, and in social media. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a question, but I'd love you to comment on the comment. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Bill. And, and he is who he, he, you know, he's, he's authentic in himself. And um, when you are true to that person and you're just being who you are, um, there's a, there's, there's a um, appeal and attractiveness to that, I think, um, which he does a great job on. And, um, you know, when I say that the algorithms favor the bold, you're right about standing for something and, and, and not just kind of being gray all the time. And again, I don't mean like politics as we talked about earlier, but I mean by really sharing your opinion on, on certain topics in your industry that you're an expert on and not just kind of being bland about it, but by letting people know, you know, this is how I feel and this is what I think about this. And I hope it's helpful for you. But the other part of being uh, favoring the, the, the algorithms favoring the bold is um, when the social media sites come out with new features, uh, it's important that we pay attention to those features. So just to give your listeners some practical information, um, you know, I often say you don't have to be on all social media sites. Don't be a, a jack of all social media sites, master of none, but instead focus on a few and do them really well, which I stand behind. Um, but of those features that you focus on, I highly recommend making sure that you pay attention to their newest features. Uh, the, the most recent example I can use, even though it's a little dated now, is Instagram and their their use of reels. You know, Instagram became a video first platform a few years ago. To, to compete against TikTok. And so those of us who are doing short form video get more play on Instagram than those of us who are doing static photos. And that's just because they are featuring videos more than they're featuring the others. So just being aware of what the platforms that you care about, what features they're pushing the most, and then providing content within those features gives you the best chance of winning the algorithm game. So you've helped dozens of clients uh over the years and you've been in this space a long time Uh, what's been the impact of some of these initiatives that you've rolled out or undertaken or projects that you've undertaken with these clients and how how's how has it impacted their business and i mean that not just from a revenue standpoint but also from a culture standpoint yeah, I appreciate that. You know, um, social media is tough to measure. It, it's what keeps me up at night, you know, candidly. It's, um, you know, because you can be selling something as, as as small as a cup of coffee all the way up to clients that we have that do um, major dental surgeries that cost five or six figures, um, you know, to, to do. So, 
you know, we cross the gamut and um, your results will vary based upon a lot of different factors, including what you sell. So it's important to know what the goals are for each uh, business that you're working in and being clear on that. Goals can be things like um, engagement metrics, like we talked about earlier, likes, comments, shares. Um, They can be clicks to a website, um, conversions such as phone calls or emails, uh, or even coming in the office. So being clear on those goals um, and, and, and knowing those upfront help us as an agency know if we're hit, hitting the mark or not. Um, and also benchmarking where they were versus where they are and where we're going is really important on that aspect. Um, and then I think, you know, some other things to consider when it comes to why we're doing this results. One thing we talked about earlier is your company culture and and uh, employment retention and acquisition. Um, newer, you know, the younger generations, the millennials, um, the 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 zennials, the Gen Zs, they are going to look at you all over social media before they ever decide if they want to uh, put their application in or not. So by showcasing your culture, as I mentioned earlier, you're going to retain better talent. Um, and then, you know, when people want to work with you nowadays, uh, it's beyond just whether you have the lowest price or not. But as you know, the the future buyers care way more than just price. They care about, you know, your views on the world. They care about sustainability. They care about social responsibility. You know, some of these things that you probably care about too, but you may not just be focusing on social. So don't just forget, as you mentioned about revenue, but these other factors that social media play a part in, employee retention and also um, getting clients and customers to want to do business with you beyond just your price. I think that's, that's really, uh, so important, Corey, what, what you just said is that, you know, you talk about principle seven, talk in terms of their interest, not your own. So when you're, you're posting on, on social media, you're actually speaking to people that resonate with your message. And those are some of the people that are going to want to actually come and work with you and, and whose values are aligned with your values. Now we're not talking about, you know, just, I mean, you can have diversity with with people that have similar values, but diversity in, in all kinds of other ways. But when you attract people that have those same values, it really does wonders for the, the culture and, and really the engagement within the organization. Because as you said, this younger generation, they're, they, they resonate with with impact, what? How are we making the world, a, a, you know, a better place? What is the purpose for the work that we do? You know, you talked about insurance. It's not particularly a sexy uh, profession, but what about you know, uh, cleaning out grease traps every week for restaurants? I mean, I don't care what it is you do, but how are you making the world a better place? And if you can connect with those people, you're going to find people that resonate with your mission, and 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 it's going to be a lot easier to do the work of the work, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Nowadays, more than ever, um, it's what people care about, you know? And so, um, you know, we talk a lot whenever we bring a a company on, we talk about their digital story and one chapter is their products and services, one chapter, but there are other chapters in that story. And, And one of those is like you said, you know, what, what social causes that you care about and, and what your company stands for and things that we talked about earlier. And another 
you know, chapter in that story might be case studies and testimonials from clients. You know, oftentimes we'll say, there's another principle in the book, don't be the hero in your own digital story. It's not you talking about your products and services. Let's highlight your clients and customers talking about it because they're going to say it better than we are anyway. It's more authentic and more credible when they say it. So another chapter should be case studies and testimonials. And then, you know, another one, just to throw out another example is to have some fun. You know, a lot of times we have a lot of dental clients and, you know, just, just providing some humor, you know, dentistry can be stressful and not fun. And, you know, and so anytime you can throw it a little Friday funny in there, or um, they find a meme or, or something like that, that, uh, and sometimes their dentists are kind of quirky and funny and bring them on um, oftentimes brings a little levity and light to their social, which is super helpful as well. Well, one question I've got for you is, uh, where do we go from here? You know, what does it look like in the future? You talked about looking back to the past of MySpace, right? So we had MySpace and <laughs> Facebook came on and then dated yourself there. And then, you know, Snapchat and TikTok and, and all these various platforms and also their business models have evolved over time. Uh, and the engagement with those platforms has evolved over time. And then last year, or maybe late 2022, I mean, we had this thing called ChatGPT pop up. And so, you know, generative AI has been all the rage for the last 12 months or so, uh, which is kind of interesting because the A in AI is the antithesis of what you're promoting, which is authenticity, right? Which is, you know, artificial versus, versus authentic. And so I'm just curious, as you see the current landscape and you look to the future, uh, where do you see all this heading? Mm. I like the way you use that that kind of dichotomy with AI and what I'm talking about authenticity. And I do talk about that in my in my presentations. I have a whole section on 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 AI, ChatGPT, and how to use it authentically. To your point, you know, because the nature of it is to to essentially create some inauthentic practices, but at the same token, it absolutely is a time-saving resource. It, it makes our lives easier and more efficient. So let me just speak on that for a minute. Um, I'm a big fan of AI in social media, um, and we use it with our team and our clients. Um, but the way we use it is the key to being authentic. To give you an example of that, you know, we use it kind of like a personal assistant or um, you know, even like an intern, if you will. So we may have it create a first draft of something like a blog or a long form LinkedIn post, or maybe even a carousel post on Instagram. So we'll say ChatGPT, create you know five slides with this type of content, with this type of buyer in mind, and poof, it creates some really good content for this client, which is awesome. But by posting it willy nilly on its own is, is, is a danger that we would never think about doing because it's artificial. We don't know if it, misrepresented, if it spelled something wrong, if it misquoted, if it um, if it's simply inaccurate, you know, so on and so forth. So of course we take that content, we look at it, we add our own two cents in there. We add a, a little bit of the perspective of um, the content expert, which I talked about earlier. So it may have done 70% of the work, but we do the other 30%, which is great. It just saved us, you know, an hour's worth of time. Um, so we use it as a tool to make us better and more efficient, but there's always people involved and a tool is only as good as the people that are using it, period.
I figured right after period was a was a good punctuation. That was good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've given us some some great things to to think about. I I would just like to ask you. I mean, what have we not asked you that that you you think it would be really important for our listeners to to know and and understand, especially when it comes to this theme of of team performance as it relates to being authentically social. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you both. Great discussion, great questions, um, and love the, the 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 animations that you put in, Spencer. There, uh, you know, keep you on your toes. Um, I would say that you know one question that often comes up when it's specifically with teams is how do we intersect or integrate or amplify uh, with our company, you know, versus our individual profiles. So you know, we're a team of thirty, one hundred and thirty, a thousand. And we've got our business brand posting on social and we've got our personal brands and how do they work together? So just a couple thoughts on that, you know, um, as we, the, the phrase of, of the rising tide lifts all boats or however that goes, that's big when it comes to social. So if you've got a team around you that can help support the brand by commenting and liking and sharing, they absolutely should be doing that. If you're not doing that, you're missing an opportunity. All the algorithms care about engagement. And they're going to show your post to more people, the more engagement you're getting. So like on LinkedIn, you know, if you're a team of 10 and your company or an individual posts on LinkedIn, the other nine people should come in and interact with that post and support it. Um, you should also, you know, utilize the company's content in your own personal brand. Oftentimes the company might post something that individuals that you're connected to may never see. So by you taking that and bringing it over to your personal and saying, hey, look what my company's doing or... Uh, super excited that we highlighted, you know, ABC uh, organization. We had a great day with them and share your own two cents and, and bring that post over to your individual post. Not only shed some light for your business, which is great, but also gives you something to post about. So if you're an individual as amongst of a team, you don't have to constantly be thinking about something new to do. Your business, your company is taking care of that, that legwork for you. So, you know, doing it together as a team um, supporting each other individually on LinkedIn is key and also supporting your company is key as well to amplifying the entire brand. Hey, Christian, I mean, that, that, that is great. And I just wanted to, uh, share one comment that came up on, on LinkedIn by Sunil, uh, Chinani. He says, great reminder to focus on one or two platforms. He says that aligns with the, uh, with the 80, 20 rule. What yes. would you say to that? Me or uh, to me, I would say he's spot on. Um, and you know, the way you figure out your, your right platform is think about who your buyer is. So if your buyer is 17 years old, then TikTok is the place for you. Um, if your buyer is 67 years old, then TikTok is not the place for you. Um, so really understanding who your age demographic is, male, female, um, the profession, are they a C-level executive? Are they an HR? Are they a meeting planner? Where are they amongst the, the, um, the corporate structure? All plays into a part of which platforms are the right two or three for you. Glad I'm not getting on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Same here. Well, shoot, this has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, Corey, this is uh, really uh you know, I, I've got wheels turning in my mind here from all the 
the very, very um, rich, uh, authentic content that you've shared with us today. So if our listeners, our viewers, if they want to learn more about you, they want to connect with you, they want to learn more about your company. Uh, yes, they want to get the new book. We'll, we'll put links there. Uh, but what's the best way for people to reach out and connect with you? Sure. Um, you know, LinkedIn's a great place. Uh, you can see my name spelled there is, is got an E in it on my first name and no A in Perlman. A little bit unusual there, but uh, Corey Perlman, find me anywhere, you know, where you are on social. Um, I also have CoreyPerlman.com, which is my speaking and consulting. And then we have ImpactSocialMedia.com is our agency, impactsocialmedia.com. But I think the best first place, as you mentioned, is you know today is book launch day, which if, if you see this on January 18th, then we've officially launched the book on this date. And for future days upcoming, you know I think that this book is very relevant to this topic. So if you found it of interest at all, pick up a copy of the book and let me know what you think. And I look forward to connecting with you. All right, fantastic. Do that. That's the challenge to our viewers and listeners. Connect with Corey. Get the new book. Uh, I'm really eager to get it myself. And Spencer, you have been helping teams for decades all around the world and are a renowned coach. Uh, you know, you talk about flexible authenticity. What's the best way for people to reach out and contact you? I love uh, interacting with people on on LinkedIn. I think it's just a, a great place to to connect. And so that's what I, I mean, I'm, I'm on it every day. People are chatting with me and having conversations and, and I love that. So please do that there. And Christian, you're changing the world, man. You're doing so much to, to help so many people. How do, how do, how do they find you? Uh, LinkedIn's a great place. So I guess I'll make it three for three, right? Uh, just look for Christian Napier on LinkedIn and I'm happy to connect with people. All right. Uh, a fascinating hour of conversation again, Corey. Thank you so much for taking the time. We wish you all the very best with this new book launch. It's super exciting. Listeners and viewers, thank you for joining us on this journey. We really appreciate it. Please like and subscribe to our podcast and we'll catch you again soon.